Well, I have the most incredible honor to introduce our speaker tonight. I'm not gonna give you, I won't be giving information because most everyone in the room, you know her so well. So it's just affirmation about the awesome person that she is. She is the wife of Pastor Joel, the incredible mom to Kellen and Case. And Kellen is here to listen to mom speak. Kellen, stand up. We love you. We love you, buddy. So proud of you. She's one of our great teachers at Summit teaching our fifth grade class. What I know about Ashley is her sincere love for Jesus, her faith in Jesus. She comes from a long line of people who have advanced the kingdom of God through the local church. And here she is in her life with her heart doing the very same thing. She has a heart for the big C church and God has assigned her to this church, to this campus. And tonight, she's our speaker. I know that God has put a word in her heart for us. I want you to bring to this platform with the greatest excitement and honor, our speaker tonight, Ashley Thompson. assembly family. We love all of you here at the Rose District, and we are just so thankful to get to do life with you. We are so thankful to just get to be with you each and every week, and we love you. We love you so much. Thank you to Pastor Ron and Kelly for this opportunity. Thank you for the way you lead our church, just the way that you influence our lives. Can we show our pastors how much we love them? And Pastor Ron did introduce my family. I am Pastor Joel's wife. I do teach here at Summit Christian Academy. I have two awesome boys, Kellen and Case. They're the best ever. And they are awesome prayer warriors. And they have been praying for you tonight. They've been praying for me. And so I just believe that God is here with us and that he wants to do something. So I want to talk to you tonight about something that has been on my heart for a while And I believe it hasn't just been on my heart, but I believe that it is something that he has for you, that he wants to speak into you tonight, that he wants to speak over you tonight. And so I would like to talk to you about how he needs your voice. So about three years ago, I was up late one night. I was restless. I couldn't get my mind to shut off. I was discouraged. I was anxious. I didn't feel like I had the words to pray. I felt spiritually stuck. I didn't even know how to convey what my heart was feeling. So like most of us, when we're up late at night, we can't sleep and we can't shut our minds off. We grab our phones and start scrolling Facebook. (laughs) So as I was scrolling, I came to a post by an author that I follow. And I don't know this author, she doesn't know me, but she posts really amazing and encouraging stuff. And I remember reading the post, 
and literally feeling like I couldn't breathe. The words just gripped me. And I felt the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit. And I knew he was talking to me. And I never comment on stuff of people that I don't actually know. I barely comment on y'all's posts. I'm sorry. Happy birthday to all of you (laughs) that I've missed. (laughs) But for some reason, that night, I commented and I just said, I so needed this tonight. Figuring the author would never see it. A few minutes later, I received a notification that the author had responded to my comment. And as I looked back, there were already hundreds of comments. It was a really good post. And she hadn't responded to anyone but me. And like I said, I don't know, I don't know this person at all. She doesn't know me. And I clicked on the comment, and I wasn't prepared for what I read. She said, Ashley, there are things in your heart to say. God placed them there, wrapped them in his power, and it's up to you to release them. Only you can say what he's placed in you to say. I don't know where or why or under what circumstances, but he is definitely saying to use the voice he gave you and the strategies you see and the wisdom you carry to change what needs to be changed. (laughs) And what you may not know is that the Holy Spirit had been speaking to me for a long time about stepping out into some new opportunities. But like I said, I just felt stuck I felt like I couldn't move. I didn't know where to start or how to get there. But the Holy Spirit awakened something in me that night. But I also have to confess (laughs) that I've spent the last three years struggling and battling with what was spoken over me. And I feel very convinced that there are many people here tonight that are feeling the same way because that's just what the enemy wants. He wants God's people to be quiet. He wants to silence our voices. He wants us to compare what he's doing in us with what he's doing in someone else. He wants us to think that we're disqualified because of past mistakes, and he wants to tell us that we're irrelevant. But he is wrong. (laughs) He is wrong. Your voice matters, your voice is a weapon. Your voice releases heaven on earth, and your voice carries God's anointing. And by voice, I don't just mean your physical voice. I mean all the gifts and the talents that the Lord has put inside of you. And I believe that when we as the church start to step out and use our voice, when we start to step out and use the specific giftings that he's given us, strongholds will break. The enemy's lies will be destroyed in your life and in the lives of those you touch. Now for me, it's been a journey. (laughs) I have not arrived. I have so far to go. But I'm here tonight, three years later, and I'm stepping out in obedience to what I know he's asked me to do. So here's the question. Are you ready to step into the purposes and plans that God has for you? And here's the thing. I think sometimes we think of using our gifts and our talents as some future thing. We tell ourselves that one day, you know, in five or 10 years, if that opportunity happens to present itself, I am willing, God. But if we forsake what God is needing us and wanting us to do right now, then we're missing it. He needs our yes today. So tonight, we're going to look at Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents. 
And we're going to see what these three servants did with what was given to them. But before we get into God's word, I would love to pray. Is that okay? Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that, Lord, your presence lives in us, God. And because your presence lives in us, God, when we open our voice and we speak, God, you speak through us. So tonight, I pray that you would ignite something in each and every one of us, Lord, that we would leave here different, Lord, that we would leave here ready to fan into the flame the gifts that you have given us, God, and be ready to step out into the purposes and plans that are needed, Lord, to bring your kingdom here on earth, God, to save souls, Lord, God, and to see people come to heaven with us, because that's the ultimate goal. Lord, we love you. Be with us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. So Matthew 25, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So the first thing I think it's important to point out is that these bags of gold were worth a lot of money. Now, if you do some research, you'll find a few different ideas, but the general consensus is that we're talking about a lot of money. <laughs> the most common thought was that each of these bags of gold was between 60 to 80 pounds. One bag of silver was worth more than 15 years' wages. So think about this. The average household in Oklahoma makes around $50,000. A year. So if we put that into today's terms, that would be around $750,000. And a bag of gold was worth even more than that. And again, that's just one talent. So the master wasn't just making a small investment. He was trusting these servants with a substantial amount of money. And the same as the master invested in his servants, God has substantially invested in you by giving you different talents and abilities. Now, this isn't a new message or earth-shattering news to most of us. A lot of us have spent our lives in church, hopefully hearing the truth that we have talents and abilities given to us by God. 
the difference is that most of us never really do much about it. Or we do the smallest thing that we can to stay in our safe bubble. We do enough to tell ourselves we're contributing, but we don't stretch ourselves beyond that. Because the beyond is where potential, potential failure and hurt live. It's where we have to sacrifice in a whole new way. And it's also where we have to trust God in a whole new way. We've been watching a lot of March Madness at our house. We all like it, but Kellen, he's obsessed. He loves basketball. And as a mom, watching these teams win is pretty special. Um, Watching St. Peter's beat Purdue was pretty amazing, right? But you can just feel the pride in the moment. To watch a player put their heart and soul into the game, leave it all on the court, and watch them win, it pretty much makes me cry every time. But why do we resonate with this so much? Because if you've played sports at all, you know the years of dedication, sacrifice it took to get to that moment. They had to say no to things that weren't the best in order to grow into the player they needed to be to play at that high level. And we have to decide, are we going to follow God at the highest level or are we just going to settle for being nominal Christians? (laughs) King David said, I won't offer a sacrifice to the Lord which costs me nothing. And I feel so strongly that the Lord is telling us that it's time. We don't get to be cavalier with our calling any longer. We play for the best. We play for the most high. So thinking back to the parable, in verse 15 it says, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. The master knew his servants well. He knew their giftings and abilities, and he gave them their investments accordingly. Now that doesn't mean that the man who only got one bag of gold was less talented or less important. It just means that he was designed differently and the master had different tasks for him to do. Even servant three still received a substantial investment. And what made the investment substantial was what could be done with it. It's the same with you and me. God knows exactly how he created us. He knows the specific gifts he's given you, the specific talents and specific purpose. Our job is to stop wasting so much time on comparison, doubt, and our questions and live worthy of the calling. And sometimes it does feel like hard work. Most days we don't wake up feeling very talented or very gifted, but we've been given a bag of gold and God is asking us to put it to good use. So because God expects a return on what he's invested, we have work to do. So let's talk a little bit more about these three servants. Let's start with servant one. (laughs) He could have easily looked around and been like, well, I made out pretty well in this whole thing, right? I mean, think about it. He had 75 years worth of salary. My first thought would be like, okay, I'm going to retire and go to Hawaii. I'm definitely not going to work on Monday. (laughs) But he does just the opposite. He understands the mission. He understands the weight of the investment, and he gets right to work. And then the master responds with, well done, good and faithful servant. In the past, when I've read this parable, I have to be honest and say I haven't given servant two much thought. In my mind, it was kind of always an add-on to servant one, you know, just a way to get the point across. But this time, when I read the parable, the second servant spoke to me in a whole new way. 
See, he could have easily looked at the amount that servant one got and started playing the comparison game. Why did he get so much more than me? Who does he think he is? Apparently the master has way more confidence in him than he does in me, so what's the point? That person's smarter than me, what's the point? That person's way more comfortable talking in front of other people, what's the point? That person's way more talented. The list could go on and on. And we find ourselves saying, what's the point? But listen, these are the kind of lies and these are, sorry, these, listen, these kind of lies are exactly the kind of lies servants who could have chosen to believe. And let me tell you, these lies are no joke. We have a real enemy, and he doesn't play around. And I know that some of you lie awake at night, and you think of all the reasons that you aren't enough. We all do that. But the master tells you that you are. The God who sees you tells you that you are. And he has made an investment in you, and he expects us to get to work. Ultimately, servant two decided to run his own race. He wasn't trying to compete with servant one. So even if you've played the comparison game before, even if it's been your go-to up until now, today can be a fresh start. Because God expects a return on what he's invested. We have work to do. Now servant three chose to bury his gold and his talent. It seems to me like he was living totally disconnected from the master. Here's why I say that. Because if he had known the master well, he would have handled his talent in a completely different way. He wasn't eagerly awaiting his return. He wasn't working hard to gather more gold. He was letting fear limit his potential. And when the master returned, servant three heard the words wicked and lazy. He did not hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If we want to be good stewards of our talent, of the voice that he's given us, then we have to live connected to him. We better be coming to him every day for the game plan. And ultimately, we have to know his heart. Because if we know his heart, then we're going to be doing everything in our power to gather souls until he comes. If we truly felt his heart, if we truly felt the love that he has for every person, we wouldn't be able to stop. Listen to verse 29 in the Amplified Version. For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, listen to this, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God. If God came in this room tonight and he handed you a gift, would you ignore him? Would you walk away? Would you disregard it? We all know that we wouldn't. But ultimately, this message is about being a good steward taking great care of the things that we've been given. In Luke chapter 12, it says that to whom much is given, much will be required. The master knew that he could trust servant one with a lot. Why? He had obviously seen him. He'd watched him. And he knew that he was a trustworthy steward. So those who follow Jesus well, steward what they're given. And we can look in the Bible 
and see time and time again people who stepped up to use the gifts, talents, and opportunities that they had been given to make a difference for the kingdom. We think about Esther. God opened the door for her, but she had to walk through it. In Esther 4.14, Mordecai challenges her, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come, but there are gonna be consequences for you and the people you love. For us as stewards of this calling, we can't afford to stay silent because we can't afford to miss anyone that may need us to say what needs to be said. And then there's Moses. I can relate to him so much. He was hard to convince. In Exodus three and four, he lists all kinds of excuses. And the Lord is so patient to answer every one of them. But still, Moses isn't convinced that God needs his voice. And he even finally exclaims, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. And at the end of the day, I think we can all relate to him. As much as we want to see people saved and set free, we kind of hope he'll send someone else. But we also know that's not how Moses' story ends. Even though it took some time, Moses said yes. And while it wasn't easy, there was strong opposition. God used Moses to speak up for the Hebrews. And we think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah came to the Lord with a broken heart about what had happened in Jerusalem. He asked the Lord for favor and he granted him that favor. He used his voice to speak up for Jerusalem and the king not only gave his permission, but the supplies as well. Here's my point. If God has asked you to do something, nothing can stop it but you. He's given you the resources, the tools, and everything else you'll ever need. But your ability to step aside as the one in charge of your life will be the deciding factor. And when you do that, God can use you to the full capacity that he's created you for. So those who follow Jesus steward well what they're given. So I wanna finish this message where we started with the quote from the author who commented back to me on Facebook. And I want us to take a second and each individually put our names in there as I read it. I want you to think that it's being read to you. So put your name in this blank. There are things in your heart to say. God placed them there. He wrapped them in his power and it's up to you to release them. Only you can say what he's placed in you to say. I don't know where or why or under what circumstances, but he's definitely saying to use the voice he gave you and the strategies you see and the wisdom you carry to change what needs to be changed. My prayer for you tonight is that God turns you loose in your giftings. That when you, that you realize the importance of what you were created for, your calling, your gifts, your talents, because your voice matters. It matters to the kingdom. It matters to your neighbors. It matters to your coworkers. And it matters to your family. God does not want his people to be quiet. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. His word says that we are more than conquerors. 
We have everything we need for life and godliness. We aren't people who back down and live lesser lives because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So tonight, I believe that he's asking us to take those gifts he's invested and use them for purposes that will last for eternity. And maybe you're unsure about what the next step is. Pray, ask the Lord, what time, talent, treasure are you asking me to invest? Lord, how are you asking me to use my voice for kingdom purposes? That may mean stepping out and leading a Bible study at your workplace. He might be asking you to say yes to an opportunity that you've been saying no to. That may mean stepping up and leading your family in a new way spiritually or using your voice to offer wisdom to a friend. I don't know what that is for you, but I believe the Holy Spirit has already begun to speak to you what that might be. Only God knows what his purposes are for you. And so tonight, I think the best thing to do is spend some time seeking him. Because if we want to be effective for the master, we have to be connected to him. And that connection is what we need to get the power for what he's called us to do. And Paul writes to Timothy, that is why I want you to remember the gift God gave you. God gave you that gift when I laid my hands on you. Now I want you to use that gift and let it grow more and more like a small flame grows into a fire. The spirit God gave us does not make us afraid. His spirit is a source of power and love and self-control. So tonight we're gonna turn this sanctuary into a place of prayer. We're gonna ask the Lord, what are you asking me to do? What are you calling me to step out in? How are you asking me to use my voice? Because I don't wanna stay silent any longer. And whatever it is that he's asking us to do, we're gonna give him our best yes. That doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. That doesn't mean that there's not gonna be Pharaoh coming at you. That doesn't mean there isn't gonna be opposition, but he is with you and he will help you. So tonight we're gonna fan into flame the gifts and the talents he's given us. We're gonna step into our God-given purposes today. So what I'm gonna ask you to do, the worship team's gonna play and sing, but I really want this place to become just a place of prayer. If you wanna stand up and walk around, you can walk around. If you wanna kneel at your seat, kneel at your seat. If you wanna come to the altar, come. But find a place and ask God, what are you asking me to do? What can I do for your kingdom? And so as the band plays, I just want you to find a place to pray. And I just believe that God has more for us than we could ever ask or imagine.